Welcome to the Spanish Arpada. I'm Sarah. And I am Peter. And we are ranking and reviewing all of the rulers of Spain from Leovigild to Felipe VI. And today we are going to be reviewing Musa. Yes, today the term ruler as opposed to king is important. Correct. And actually Musa is a governor of okay. Spain. So he he serves under the caliph, which if you haven't listened to our introduction episode about the caliph and the caliphate and what that means, please go back and do that. Then this one will make a lot more sense. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't watch Empire before you've seen the original Star Wars. So correct. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. We're going to talk a little bit about sources and then we're just mm. going to dive right in because Musa had a jam packed life and oh, we got good. a lot to talk about. All righty. So sources, as we saw in our Roderick episode, there are a lot of sources for the conquest and most of them are not contemporary. Right. And yes. I would imagine, well, if there are any contemporary ones, I imagine they were written by the Muslims, seeing as the uh, Goths had other things to do, like, you know, molder in a shallow grave. Correct. Now, our best source is a Latin source. It's the Chronicle of 754. Right. Okay. As you can tell by the date, it was written very close to the conquest. Right. But I'd like to talk a little bit about two Arabic sources that I'm going to use heavily in this episode. And I mentioned okay. them in Roderick's episode, but I kind of like to go into them. Sure. These are the Book of the Conquest of Lands, which is by mm -hmm. Al-Baladhuri, and the History of the Conquest of Spain, which is by Al-Hakam. So Al-Baladhuri was a Muslim historian who lived in Baghdad, although he traveled widely around the Middle East. Okay. His most famous so. work is the work I'm using. It's the Book of the Conquest of Lands, and it was written mm. in the mid-800s. Mm -hmm. Okay. I think I mentioned in Roderick's episode, it is a very long book, and yes. Andalusia gets really shafted in it. There's I was going to say, I, I remember this one where, you know, Spain is essentially a footnote. It is. Uh, so this is yeah. probably going to be the first and last episode that we are going to dive into Al Baladuri. Right. right. Now, the question is, is that a reflection of how it, it, the, the level of disdain they held for the land or the ease with which they conquered it? Because if it's the book of the conquest, then presumably you'd spend more time focusing on lands that were difficult uh, or slow point. to conquer. I didn't so. think about that. It might mm. just because the be because the conquest of Spain was relatively easy. Yeah, yeah. You, you I was going to say, Roderick stepped on a rake and we took the country. Um, yeah. it, it wasn't, uh, yeah, not, not, <laughs> not a lot, a lot to go on. into. As in, what's the history of America's conquest of Granada? Well, it really didn't. I mean, it was a weekend. We uh, showed so, up. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Now, uh, Al-Bal Hudi himself had never been to Spain. And mm -hmm. obviously he wasn't an eyewitness to the conquest. But right. he was a historian that was patronized by the caliph. He lived in Baghdad at the, mm. at the royal court. So he had access to all the available information about the conquest. It's like he, he did a lot of research tours. He had all of the manuscripts. It's just he mm -hmm. wasn't physically there. Right. Right. Interesting fact about his name. Al-Balahuri is an example of the final Arabic name not being a family name, but being a nickname instead. Oh, really? Okay. It comes from the word balarur, which is a nut that was used a lot in traditional medicine. Oh wow, that's we're 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 approaching mafia level nicknames. That's a that's sort of a Joey Walnuts 
Well, uh, you know, he, he it, it was used. It's called the marking nut. It was used as a okay. memory stimulant, and it's incredibly toxic if it's not processed. And Moody apparently died of an overdose. Okay, gotcha. That's so how he got so the he name. Was, all right, so he was all right. Gotcha. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now the second Arabic source is Al Hakam, and he wrote the mm-hmm. conquest of Egypt and North Africa and Spain. Uh, he wrote it, I think, all at a go, but they're usually translated it different depending on what scholar it is so like the north africa section or the spain section is usually translated separate Mm. Mm. he was writing at about the same time the mid 800s and he was also a great historian but he was based in egypt rather than the royal court in baghdad a little closer to the subject yeah he was on the ground so to speak especially Mm -hmm. for writing the conquest of egypt like he was Mm -hmm. right there However, he too wrote far after the conquest, so he wasn't an eyewitness. Right, right. Fun fact about his name, Al-Hakam was actually his grandfather. He's most commonly known as Ibn Al-Hakam, actually. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So those are our sources. Let's get into the life of Musa. Now, before we go, I'm just going to ask how to spell it, because I'm thinking, gosh, if it's if it's Africanet, you could just do M-U-S-A. If it's a little more Arabic, it'll be a longer version, possibly with an O-U and a double S. So just tell it me. It is typically spelled in Latin script, in Western script, mm-hmm. M-U-S-A. Oh, okay. So yes. all right. my, my first so you, instinct wasn't, wasn't Your first bad. instinct was correct. All yes. right. So the first we hear of Musa's family, it's during the conquest of Persia. So this would be Hmm. in the 630s, right? Okay. Khalid, the great general, had besieged a fort in what is now central Iraq, and he Mm. found some people hiding in a church there who he took captive. And one of these people is Nusayr, Musa's father. Remember, Mm. his name is Musa ibn Nusayr. Right. Right. Now, Al-Baladhuri doesn't seem to think that Nusayr was Christian, just that he was hiding in the most convenient place he could find. Right. right. But he does state that Nusair was a freedman, which meant that he had been a slave and had mm. been freed, which kind of mm. has to suck because then he was enslaved again by the Muslim conquerors. Right. Very much out of the frying pan. All right. Fortunately, Nusair is given his freedom relatively quickly, mm. and he goes to live in what is now modern day Syria, which is where okay. Musa is born in about the year 640. Okay. And that is all we know of Musa's childhood. All right. So we assume that he he was born in Syria. He had a very nice life and sure. uh, grew up and was fine, right? Well, yeah. I mean, we're, we're we're still very much in that period of recorded history where you know, until you start to actually go out and do stuff that affects other people, we really don't care. Now, a lot of Musa's early story is shaped by two brothers. These are the sons of the current caliph, Marwan. He had taken okay. power in 684. Right. The older brother is called Abd al-Malik, and the younger brother is called Abd al-Aziz. All right. Now, al-Baladhuri doesn't mention this, but al-Hakam states that Musa's father, Nusair, was a slave to the younger brother after he had been captured, right? Uh, Abd al-Aziz. Abd al-Aziz. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Gotcha. And uh, Abd al-Aziz was the one who eventually freed him. Okay. But after he had been freed, Abdulaziz remained Nusair's and then later Musa's patron. Mm, okay. Yeah. So he, they have an in with this powerful family, the, the sons of the king. Sure, sure. Now, Marwan dies in 685 after only being caliph for one year, unfortunately. Mm. So the older brother, Abdul Malik, becomes caliph. 
and mm. the younger brother, Abdulaziz, becomes governor of Egypt. Having such a powerful patron really pays off for Musa because Abdulaziz mm. is able to get his brother to name Musa the co-governor of Iraq. Oh, all right. Yeah, that's, so that's so, that's a pretty that's a pretty. I, I'm wondering whether or not being governor of Egypt is is a plum gig or whether it is something that you get sent away to. I think it was a pretty plum gig. I figured it would be. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Traditionally, yeah, the, the idea of, you know, Egypt is 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 sort of, at least in the Western tradition, a, a, a place you go to to experience, you know, the lure of the East. But of course, uh, this is uh, an interesting uh, observation that we're now in the East and it is now the far West yes. uh, at the time. So that's, you know, that, that's got to be an interesting uh, twist. Yeah, um, but okay. Well, right. being co-governor of Iraq doesn't mm-hmm. go so well for Musa. Oh no! According to Al Hakam, the caliph Abdul Malik mm-hmm. quarreled with Musa and wished to have him put to death. Oh wow! Yeah, that's uh, okay. Yes, it, no. It that's, seems that's bad. that the co- yes, it's bad. It seems like the quarrel was over missing tax money. Oh Musa! Uh, oh yeah. Musa! Fortunately, Abdalaziz pays his brother a fine to get Musa out of trouble, which wow. the caliph was not very pleased about, but he accepted. Sure. Yeah. Cash in hand is better than a head on a pike, I suppose. Exactly. Right. Uh, but the caliph's not pleased. Abdalazeez no. is not a fan of Musa after this. Yeah, no, no. And probably forbids him from attending the, you know, off-track betting parlor and stuff like that. Well... Um, after this, Musa works almost exclusively with Abdulaziz, right? He, best, he does best, it, best to do that, yes. He doesn't really yeah. have that in with the caliph anymore. So he yeah. goes to mm-hmm. Egypt, okay, right, good. where Abdulaziz right. is governor. Now, the biggest struggle going on right now in the area is the reconquest of the old Roman province of Africa. Oh, now, right. they called it Africa, but it actually consisted of the northern parts of Libya, Tunisia, and part of Algeria. Right. So mm. just that strip along the top of North Africa. And they call right. that the province of Africa. Sure. And and I, I believe that's that's going to be an area that for Rome is always a little squeamish, given that it is where Carthage uh, yes. used to be. Yes. So. Yes. Now, Muslim troops had taken the province before and they called mm-hmm. it Ifriqiya. OK. But then they were forced out by Berber forces under Queen Damya, who is also known as Al Kahina in around 689. And her story oh, is so great. I was going to say, I wish I could tell you it, but we do not have time. I think we've got another Brunhilda. Yeah, she was pretty, pretty <laughs> oh, badass. Oh, damn. All right. Well, anyway, so Abdulaziz is the governor of Egypt. He was named governor. Mm-hmm governor of Egypt in 685, and he's the main person in charge of reconquesting further west. Right. Now, it's not clear what Musa might be doing in Egypt at this time, because he Mm. isn't leading the reconquest at this point. Right. That job is for a man called Hassan ibn al-Numan, who ends up retaking the area from Queen Damya around the year 698. Okay. Yeah. Now, this Hassan, Who's, who's the general of the reconquest? Mm-hmm. He feels that Abdulaziz is meddling too much in how he's running the reconquest. Oh, so, oh okay. Yeah, Hassan gotcha. and Abdulaziz don't get along. Mm-hmm. It all comes mm-hmm. to a head in the year 603 when Abdulaziz appoints one of his slaves as the mayor of a recently retaken town. Okay. 
And Hassan goes back to Egypt and tells Abdulaziz to depose this guy. Like, mm. I didn't agree to this. You can't right. be naming mayors where I'm doing work. Right. I understand he's part of your entourage, but no. And Abdulaziz gets snippy and he said, ah, I wish I could depose this guy, but I just checked and the Byzantines retook the city while you were here complaining to me. So uh, guess I can't. Uh, just throw damn. a shade on him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Nice, is really nice. irritated about this, and he threatens to go all the way back to Damascus to tattle on Abdelaziz to his of older course, brother. Of course, of course. Um, is supremely unbothered by this, and he replies right. that if Hassan goes, he'll just send Musa to Ifriqiya to continue the fighting. Oh, <laughs> okay, so it's interesting. I, I wonder if he's doing this because Musa is potentially more competent or because Musa is completely incompetent and that's further shade being thrown as in well he literally couldn't do worse than you and and we both know how much he sucks well remember that Abdulaziz is Musa's patron right? I figure and I figure it's the former but it's the, you it's, know. I think it's pretty much the former I always but... like to ascribe bit to uh, <laughs> uh, to rulers so anyway but well, i'm sure Hassan, you're right I'm sure. yeah so Hassan storms off and reports all of this to abdul malik and okay. abdul malik is thrilled because he feels like he's finally got a chance to punish musa after the whole oh. rock debacle right oh dear uh-huh sure his sure. brothers put musa in charge again and mm-hmm. now abdul malik can just get rid of him sure unfortunately then Hassan dies oh and the caliph has no choice but to leave Musa in charge. Right. Because there's uh, nobody and, else to be the governor of Ifriqiya. Right. And Hassan dies is one of those statements where I immediately have to follow up with <clears throat> a question. Gosh, that's awfully narratively convenient that he dies. <laughs> when someone dies conveniently, I immediately look around for the room of knives and poison. Yeah, you would think now... Uh, Al-Baladhuri makes a point of saying that Hassan was already ill when he started traveling back to the caliph, but okay. I, well, I agree, course. you never know. You know, I just spent a week in the court <clears throat> of the governor, you know, talking shade about him, and and yes, I was eating the canapé he served me. But, but no, I don't really see the connection, what right. are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. So, the so laughing as they walked away. I, anyway. <laughs> so Musa is now the governor of Ifriqiya, unchallenged. Okay. okay. And he acquits himself very well with the reconquest. According to Al-Hakam, he advances so far and takes so many captives, which he sends hmm. on to Abdulaziz, and then on to Abdul Malik, that the caliph was considerably less peeved with him. Right. You know, I was going to say, everybody's the breach. Everybody loves a winner. Yes. <laughs> Then in 705, both the caliph, Abdul Malik, mm. and his brother, Abdulaziz, die within months wow. of each other. That's yeah. all right. That's yeah. that's terrifying. So Abdul Malik's son, Al Walid, is his heir, and Al Walid becomes the caliph, right? Okay. All right. Now he's very supportive of further attempts at expansion of, of right. the caliphate. Okay, Ac- sure. According to the Chronicle of 754, quote, Al-Walid crushed the forces of almost all neighboring peoples. He weakened Hmm. Romania, meaning the Byzantines, with constant raiding, nearly destroyed the islands. He raided and subdued the territory of India. He brought cities to utter destitution. He besieged fortresses and, from the twisted paths of Libya, subjugated all of Mauritania. 
Okay, so he, he had obviously studied the life of Attila the Hun and said, I can outdo that. Let's yes. watch me. And what this means is that Musa's successes in North Africa means that he is finally held in high esteem by a caliph. Of course. Yeah. Of course. So, so now he's on this guy's good side because this guy mm -hmm. really likes to expand and, sure. and make war. And Musa's doing a great job at that. Absolutely. Now, by this point, Musa is about 65 years old. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. He's had a, he's had a great, great life already. I was going to say. That's, we that's, haven't even that's gotten impressive. to Spain. I was going to say, we're not... Is this going to be another Chindaswinth where? <laughs> Not quite. Okay. Uh, but All right. being 65 years old means that he has adult sons that can help him sure. out. Right. Mm -hmm. So of his course. oldest son is called Abdallah. All right. The second one is called Marwan. Right. And the youngest is named after his patron, Abdalaziz. All right. Yeah. Uh, so, for example, uh, we see in the sources that in the year 708, Musa conquers Tangiers with the help of his son, Marwan. Hmm. Okay. He specifically mentioned. And mm. this brings the caliphate to its furthest Western extent up to that time. Wow. Um, probably not, but I'll just ask, do we know anything about Musa's wife? That is to say, is she, I don't know culturally how likely it is that she would be a, a, a partner or simply, you know, more of the... Uh, uh, decorative type uh, any I do any, not any... know mm, okay Spanish right. Wikipedia suggests that she was Abdul Malik and Abdulaziz's sister so therefore part of the royal family which wow. would be an amazing I was gonna match. say that would be a major coup for yes. Musa oh my god All unfortunately right. yeah. I can't it, it was unsourced and I can't find it okay. anywhere in the sources we, so it, it cannot... may just be a legend yes yeah. no I was gonna say but because it's a good part of the story, I'm just. It's a great it. part of the story. He yeah, marries absolutely. a princess for crying oh, out loud. Right. Yeah. And it explains a lot of Al Malik's utter frustration because oh, basically yes. now I'm immediately thinking of Sonny's attitude towards uh, Carlo in The Godfather. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid brother in law. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Right. So he takes Tangiers and he leaves his subordinate Tariq ibn Ziyad in charge in Tangiers. And then he All returns right. to Kairouan back in Tunisia. Right. Okay. Now this, according to Al-Hakam and Al-Baladhuri, is how Tariq and Ilyad meet. You remember him? The Count uh, of Ceuta? That yes, 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 yeah, yes, 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 yeah, yes. Yeah. Right. The one whose daughter the, was... The guy with the daughter. Robert. Yes. Yeah. Okay, yes. So Tariq is in charge in Tangiers, mm. and that's how he meets Ilyad in Ceuta. Right. Okay. Got it. Because Tariq yes, is busy subduing the area around Tangiers, and right. Ilyad's daughter is being seduced by Roderick up in Toledo. Yeah, we're going to put seduced in quotation marks because mm -hmm. I worry. Yes, um, yeah, I also okay. worry. Yeah. yeah so right. that's how they initially meet and join ah, forces okay. and start the conquest of Spain. Right. Now, has Tariq specifically been given permission, encouragement, that is say, has Musa told Tariq, oh, and while we've got the army together, if you want to go someplace and do something with it, please feel free. Uh, I'm just wondering, this, this strikes me as, as a great deal of initiative for a subordinate. Yeah, the uh, to, very to next line in my script says, notably, Musa is completely unaware of the conquest of Spain oh, God. until right. after Tariq has reached Toledo. Right. 
Tariq's attitude is, I, I guess Tariq is one of those, it's better to ask for forgiveness than to ask for permission. Yes. Um, okay, all right. So Tariq is saw, very lucky that this went well, by the way, because if it well, we'll see. We'll see how this goes down from, from the Arab side. We, we focused right. on Roderick's side last time. Right. And as we learned in Roderick's episode, Tariq mm -hmm. gets Ilyan to ferry him over to the landing place, which right. I neglected to mention last time is the Rock of Gibraltar, which now oh, we can call it the Rock of Gibraltar because it gets its name right now. It's named I after Tariq. Right, right. I was Habal say Tariq it, it, meaning mount, means Mount of Tariq. Right, right. Yes. Uh, no, I've got it. I've got so it. So they and, are no longer the Pillars of Hercules. This is now right. the Rock of Gibraltar, Tariq's and, mountain. Uh, right. Okay. And ja yeah. well, ja yeah, okay. Got it. Yeah, got Jabal, it. All right. Habal Tariq. Right. All right, cool. So Tariq's forces, as we saw in Roderick's episode, meet some soldiers outside of Cordoba who mock mm -hmm. him for the small force that he brought. He fights and defeats the Cordoban forces. Then Roderick right. hears of this and comes down from the north and mm -hmm. he and Tariq fight near Sidonia or the Transductine Mountains or whatever, mm -hmm. depending on the source. Right. Tariq routes this force as well. Right. Then he sends Musa a note and says, hey, so... I just took down a kingdom of six of uh, 350 years. Anyway, how's Tunisia? Yeah, so not for nothing, a couple things. <laughs> Some things All you right. may have missed, just right. catching you up. Musa mm -hmm. is angry. Yeah. <laughs> She's real mad. Full marks for initiative, no marks for observing the chain of command. Yeah. He quickly writes to the caliph to let him know what's going on. And then he writes back to Tariq and tells him under no circumstances is Tariq to leave Cordoba until Musa right. gets there. Right. You, yeah, you, absolutely you go no to your more. room and you stay there till I get home. Mm -hmm. All right. Okay. Now, Musa leaves the governorship of Ifriqiya with his oldest son, Abdallah. Abdallah, right. And then he takes his youngest son, Abdalaziz, the one named right. after his patron, right. along to Spain with him. Right. Just in case I need to leave somebody else in charge somewhere else down the line. Right. right. He crosses okay. with a much larger contingent of soldiers right. in about mid-612, or 712. Okay. Now, Musa doesn't take the same route as Tariq had. Tariq crossed over at the Rock of Gibraltar, and he went straight up to Cordoba, right? Mm -hmm. Musa crosses over at Cadiz, and then he goes mm. up the river and heads for Seville. Right. Now, he doesn't have the element of surprise that Tariq had, though, because mm -hmm. Seville is ready, and it takes Musa three months until the city finally capitulates. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Then he turns west, and he heads for the mm -hmm. former province of Lusitania, which is modern-day mm -hmm. Portugal. Right. Now, Merida had always been a Gothic and a Catholic stronghold. Do you remember Masona and Witteric and all of yes. that? Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that siege took five months. Whoa. And when the city had finally fallen, Musa leaves his son, Abdalaziz, there to continue mm -hmm. pacifying the region. And then right. he heads back east to Cordoba. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. We'll catch up with Abdalaziz's progress in the next episode. Spoiler okay. alert. Right. So Musa and Tariq meet up in Cordoba. And Tariq is able to smooth things over by turning over most of the booty he had gathered to Musa. I was going to say, money. Here, money. here, money, money, money. Oh, take, take, take. Oh, I can't stay mad at you. <laughs> yes. Musa sends it along to Al Walid, the caliph. Mm -hmm. Then together they march north and they take Toledo. Right. The Chronicle of 754 relates quote, 
After forcing his way up to Toledo, the royal city, he imposed on the adjacent regions an evil and fraudulent peace. He decapitated on a <laughs> scaffold those noble lords who still remained, arresting them in their flight from Toledo with the help of Appa, King Ehika's son. With Appa's support, he killed them all with the sword. Mm. Once again, we get into the matter of, e of the, the sons of Ehika. Mm -hmm. And... and again, more and more definitely sounding like a faction uh, or crew rather than yes. uh, offspring who, uh, as we as we said, would have been very young. Yeah, uh, so, so Witiza, I think, is what you're referring to. Yes, this, sorry. The Chronicle sorry. of 754 says that Appa is King Ehika's son, but the Chronicle right. of Alfonso III, the one that talks about the sons of Witiza, says that Appa is Witiza's son, and that's just oh. not possible. Yeah, I was no. going to say no. Yeah, right. No. So I think this is more likely that that he was yeah. he was an offspring of Ahika. Right? right. Okay. And right. he's, Sorry, he he yeah. sells out his fellow nobles. He just straight oh, up right. sees the way the wind is blowing and says, "Yep, there they are. Let's catch them. Let's cut their heads off." Well, to to be fair, he he called this one correctly. Well, he survives the conquest. Yeah. So yeah. good for him. No help comes from the church either. Witiza's <sighs> metropolitan of Toledo, who is a bishop named Sindered, simply mm -hmm. ran away. Right. He just runs right. away. The Chronicle uh -huh. says, quote, he lost his nerve and like a hireling <laughs> rather than a shepherd. And contrary to the precepts <laughs> of the ancients, he deserted Christ's flock and headed for his Roman homeland. Mm, mm. Yep. We yeah, actually that's going to be that's going to make for an awkward letter to Rome. <laughs> well, we actually do see Cinderin signing a document in Rome in about 721. So he made it out okay with his status. Was it a document that said, I suck? No, it was not a document that said, uh, I'm a big coward. Oh, <laughs> it yeah. should have been, though. Yes, it should have. Yes. In the meantime, the messenger from the caliph has come back. Mm -hmm. Al-Wali oh. wants to see Musa now. Oh, hell. Okay. Musa's hesitant. He, yeah. doesn't, he doesn't want to lose the upper hand in the conquest. I was going to say, first of all, let's talk about the length of that journey. Yeah. This is going to take a while. Yes. Uh, number two, I'm really close to taking the country that, I mean, all of the country that isn't occupied by the Basques, which again, as we've established, is never going to happen. Right. So he right. straight up ignores the messenger. Yeah. And he continues northward with Tariq. Yeah, as in... The messenger was escorted very quietly to the room of knives and poison, and we, 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 he just never showed up. Who knows what happened? I just don't know. So Tariq goes to the northwest, and he mm -hmm. takes Leon and Astorga, and right. Musa heads northeast, and he takes Zaragoza. Ah, okay. Now, well, most of what I've been describing so far has been war, right? right. Sieges, purging of mm -hmm. former nobles, etc. Yes, right. But Musa also conquered territories by persuasion and diplomacy as well. Mm -hmm. The taking of Zaragoza is a good illustration of this because we know of a local noble in the area named Count Cassius, who, with his son Fortune, converted to Islam and retained some of his power and influence, not to mention right. his life. By the way, great names. Yes. Count Cassius and his son Fortune. I mean, yes. yeah, that's, 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 if you saw those names in a novel, you'd know that it was a bad novel, but incredibly fun. Now, uh, speaking of names, Fortune's conversion probably wasn't his choice. He was probably right. a child at the time. Sure. As and in we, the, the Count saying, look, kid. <laughs> well, we know this because Fortune goes on to have brothers. Count Cassius mm -hmm. has more kids. And uh -huh. their names are Abu Thawr, Abu Salama, yeah, Yunus, and Yaya. There, 
Yeah, I was going to say the, the, yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, we so moved the idea from, is, yeah, we yeah. moved from Brooklyn to, you know, uh, Dallas, you know, New Mexico. And you can tell because the kids after that have names like Crystal. Yes. Um, so, okay. <laughs> yeah. So Fortune was obviously the oldest. He had just been born. He was like maybe two, three years old. His father mm. hadn't had any of their kids yet. Then they convert right. and all of his brothers have Arabic names. Right. <laughs> right. But the family does remain Muslim and they develop right. into a powerful ally of Musa. Okay. Cool. Cassius is even one of the men who accompanies Musa back to Damascus to meet up with the caliph. Ah, okay. All right. Yeah. So that's the caliph. Yes. Yeah. Forgot about point, him. At this right. point, it's the end of the year 714. Mm, Musa okay. feels like he just can't ignore the caliph any longer. Yeah, you, you put it off. It's, you know, just, oh, I've been meaning to have my teeth cleaned. And all right, got to, yeah, all right. So gotcha. he names his son, Abdulaziz, governor. Okay, Abdelus, all right. And then so he heads the, off to Damascus. So the youngest kid gets the, you know, okay, gets the gets the provincial gig. That makes sense. Yeah, the oldest okay. son got Ifriqiya. Right. The was, middle yeah, son, we never say. hear of Marwan. Again, I was going to say Marwan. What's Marwan up to? Is I, to, I don't to know. continue? Is Marwan the Fredo of the family? Is that what I, this, this is? It's possible. We don't hear of him again in the sources. We okay. hear of the oldest and the youngest, but that's it. All right. Right. So he goes back to Damascus. Mm -hmm. A few things go wrong for Musa here. Oh. <laughs> number yeah. one is number one is that Tariq apparently gets to Damascus first. Oh no. Okay. He tells both the caliph, Al-Walid, and the caliph's brother, Suleiman, about mm -hmm. how Musa is taking all the credit for a conquest that he mostly did. Whoa! To include no. claim, yeah. He, no. he also claims that Musa is claiming a lot of the booty for himself. Oh, even better, Tariq. Yes. <laughs> that is a very large bus. Mm -hmm. You better hope that, you know, it, Musa goes all the way underneath it. Number two is that Musa has actually brought a lot of stuff with him to Damascus from Spain. Right. And I sure. mean a lot. Ah, okay. <laughs> the Chronicle of 754 states, quote, Musa brought with him from Spain some noblemen who had escaped the sword, gold mm. and silver assayed with enthusiasm by the bankers, mm. a large quantity of valuable ornaments, precious stones and pearls, ointments to kindle a woman's desire, and many <laughs> other things from all over Spain that would be tedious to record. I was going to say, I'm sure the last item on the list was a partridge in a pear tree. Mm -hmm. um, okay. But it was just so much that Suleiman, the caliph's brother, sent right. out a messenger to Musa while he was still on the road and mm -hmm. asked him to stop outside of the city and then enter at night discreetly so right. that he doesn't show up the royal household. Sure, sure. Musa completely ignores this and he parades into Damascus to the delight of its inhabitants. Oh, all right. Okay, so yeah. he's doing the Prince Ali from Aladdin. It, that's uh, exactly what Aladdin. I thought okay. of. Okay, yes. all right, yes. Um, and problem number, th the third thing that goes wrong is that yes. only a few days after Musa reaches Damascus, the Caliph, Al-Walid, dies. Oh! And he's replaced well, by... Yes. His brother, Suleiman. Oh! The one who okay. told him not to parade into town like he owned the place. Oh, no! Yeah! The meeting oh. didn't go well. No, no. It didn't. Mm -hmm. Suleiman demanded a correct accounting of the conquest, which Musa gave, but Tariq insisted right. that he was taking more of the credit than he deserved. And to prove it, he challenged mm. Musa to produce the table that they had found in Toledo. Mm. Now... 
this story about the table. It oh, comes God. from Al-Hakam, but Al-Baladuri does mention it. Okay. But this is the same source that had the story of the locked room with the statues of the Muslims from Broderick's right. episode. So, right. you know, this is where we're coming I was going to say, was the table carrying a giant golden plate? Well, uh, <laughs> uh, apparently while plundering Toledo, Tariq and Musa mm-hmm. found a table decorated with gold and precious gems that had once belonged to King Solomon. Oh, of course it had. Yes. <laughs> now, unbeknownst to Musa, Tariq removed one of the table legs and replaced it with a leg that had fake gems on it. <laughs> okay, all right. Yes. This is this is great. <laughs> so present day, Musa produces the table for Suleiman and Tariq calls out the false leg and then he produces the table leg with the real gemstones in it. Whoa. Basically saying, I found it first. Here's the proof. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. This just cements Suleiman's impression that Musa is trying to aggrandize himself. Uh, yeah. So he has Musa paraded around Damascus with a rope around his neck to humiliate him. And then oh. he finds him either 100,000 dinars or 2 million solidi, depending on whether the source is Muslim or Christian. Right. Uh, I, I assume this is an insane amount. Yes. Um, well, Musa either pays it or he has someone else pay it for him. But it is mm. Okay, all right. Yes. Now, this humiliation and fine marks the end of Musa's public career. Suleiman is caliph now, and he doesn't mm. trust Musa at all. Right, of course. So he keeps him at the royal court where he can keep an eye on him. Sure. Yeah. He even takes Musa with him when Suleiman goes on pilgrimage to Mecca in 716. He's right. too mistrustful to leave him behind. I was going to say, he, he probably, he, he's the butt of all the jokes and he has to wear a funny hat and, and yeah. so forth. And unfortunately, he has to Musa, sit in a chair that is like six inches shorter than everyone else at dinner. Yeah. Um, that kind of thing. All right. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, Musa's is in his mid 70s at this point and he dies right. while on this pilgrimage. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, he just goodness, passes away was, of old age. All right. All right. So that is the story of Musa. What do you think? Wow, good lord. Wow, good that lord. is that is eventful. And and it is a very good, I mean, again, from a from a purely narrative perspective, it is it is really good. There's the rise, there's the fall. If you're making a movie out of it, the confrontation with Tariq uh, mm-hmm. and the table. I mean, that is Aaron Sorkin wishes he could write that scene. Um, I wish that this was a movie or a miniseries. Yeah, no, this, Goodness this, this gracious. Needs, this needs to be a movie. This abs- yes. I mean, we're talking about somebody who goes from uh, the son of a slave to, you know, the, 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 the height that one can reach without being, without actually being Caliph. Uh, and then at the moment of greatest triumph uh, is humiliated by his own subordinate, but also by his own actions, his, his, Yes. Again, very, I mean, Plutarch would have loved this because, you know, Plutarch's whole thing is that character is destiny. And if we go back to the origin of his troubles uh, with money and having potentially sticky fingers, uh, then seeing that that pay off at at this moment is uh, just exquisite. I'm, I'm, I'm very excited to write this fellow. All right, well, let's rate him. Our first category is conquistadores. How much land did he conquer? 
Well, uh, I mean, especially if we're just talking about Spain. Uh, yeah, but no, uh, I. Well, yeah. Right. So if we're just talking about Spain, it's the whole right. country. It's but whole we country. also have to consider that right. he conquered most of North Africa, the rest yes. of Algeria, modern day yep. Morocco. Yep. He did that. He did. I'm not, I mean, my, my initial instinct was to just blurt out 10, but I'm not going to do that because of Tariq, because the, 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 the thing that we are really focused on here primarily is Spain. And if we look at the degree to which Tariq initiated and, and was very successful, I mean, Tariq's the guy who actually took out Roderick. So, and then there's, there is a sense that Musa, you know, tried to steal a little bit of glory that was due to Tariq. That having been said, so I'm, so he's not going to get a 10, but I'm going to give him an eight because, you know, took a couple of heavily fortified cities. He was there to take Toledo. Yes, he was. Uh, and that's, I mean, that's, that's huge. Also, as we pointed out, the nice thing about his, his methods was it wasn't just all hack and slash, uh, you know, burn and pillage. He used other means, you know, the evil and fraudulent peace uh, method. That cracks me up, but we're going to talk about more yes. of that in Nome Diegas. But oh, even okay. the Christian yeah. sources cannot help but say, yes, he did make peace treaties. Yeah, but, but, yeah. but, but also. But they were evil right it was evil um yeah so so i'm again i'm i'm very impressed there's no question that he is incredibly talented but that bit of 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 glory theft i think knocks him out of uh 10 status but i will i will give him a solid eight i'm between an eight and a nine i agree Mm -hmm. with you he can't get a 10 right but he just did so oh, well. Oh, absolutely. Again, Amazing. If, if, if instead he had gotten there and said, hey, this was a team effort. Uh, where's my boy Tariq? Points him out in the crowd. This man, this guy, trust me. If he'd done that, maybe I would give him a nine. But as it is, I'm going to give him uh, an eight. I think I am going to give him a nine. All I'm right. I'm really impressed. Okay, so no, I... I that's right. an eight Can't, for Peter and a nine right. for me, which is 17 for Conquistadores. Yeah, yeah really excellent. excellent. Probably our, thus far, I think he's our best. That's our uh, best. I think only yeah. Leovigild yeah. is more. Yeah, Leovigild comes comes close, but no, this guy is, this guy is really just very impressive. Yes. All right, our second category is no me digas. What kind mm-hmm. of gossipy things did did he do? Uh, what kind read... of gossipy things didn't he do? Apart He's, from a he... sex scandal, it's all there. It is. I'm going to read two quotes from the Christian sources, one from 754 and one from Alfonso the Third. Right. right. So so this is what his detractors say about him. Oh, good. 754 <laughs> first. Mm-hmm. Quote. He ruined beautiful cities, burning them with fire, condemned lords and powerful men to the cross, and butchered youths and infants with swords. While he terrorized everyone in this way, some of the cities that remained sued for peace under duress. And after persuading and mocking them with a certain craftiness, the Saracens granted their requests without delay. Like I said, (laughs) even the Christians are like, yes, he was very fair. But he was kind of a about it. So, yeah, I continue. (laughs) When the citizens subsequently rejected what they had been forced to accept out of fear and terror, they tried to flee to the mountains where they risked hunger and various forms of death. 
The Saracens set up their savage kingdom in Spain, specifically in Cordoba, port, mm. formerly a patrician sea and always the most opulent of cities, a city accustomed mm. to giving its first fruits to the kingdom of the Visigoths. Who can mm. relate such perils? Who can enumerate such grievous disasters? Even if every limb were transformed into a tongue, it would be beyond human capability to express the ruin of Spain and its many and great evils. Oh, boo the hell who. That yeah. is just, that is- Getting that biblical is so here screaming sore loser dumb yes um, very biblical there no uh, and biblical. then the quote from Al alfonso the third which is an even later source oh right uh quote the arabs after oppressing the region along with the kingdom killed many with the sword and subjugated the rest of themselves by mollifying them with a covenant of peace again <laughs> they 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 know how it went down of course they just they don't do. want to admit it right <laughs> i continue the city of Toledo, victor over all peoples, succumbed, vanished by the mm -hmm. victories of the Ishmaelites, subjected, it served them. They placed prefects throughout all the provinces of Spain and paid tribute to the Babylonian king, meaning the caliph, for right. many years, until they elected their own king and established for themselves a kingdom in the patrician city of Cordoba. Uh-huh. Yeah, this is what's going to come after the governors, right, by right, the way. Right, Okay, but, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, point is, he carried out war. Yeah, I was going to say, he did literally what you are supposed to do and what everybody on the uh, Christian side of the equation has done and probably did it with a little less bloodlust than the than the Christian side of things. No. So um, so he did war. That's what. Right. Also, uh, I like burned the cities with fire. Well, what the hell was he supposed to burn them with? <laughs> I mean, you're making it sound like that was particularly egregious. <laughs> As to his personality, as you mm. mentioned, he seems to have a bit of sticky fingers and a bit really of, of a large ego, which right. he did amazing things. Not right. gonna lie. He I was gonna say it's it, somewhat but, merited. <laughs> but you you do get the sense that that he wants all the glory for himself. Yeah, I mean, what's what's interesting about him is in 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 making a, a, a friend of Alaziz. Yeah. Um, early on, he puts himself into a position where he is able to fail upward until, in what amounts to a somewhat comical turn of events, uh, he gets put in charge of an army. Which is the point at which you would expect for disaster to ensue, and instead. He's actually found his his his, his niche. Yes. Yeah. That's that's the you know again. It's it's this is narratively just delightful because it's twist after twist. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I uh, I I I like this uh, a lot. So what are the we going to give him for Nomad Well, the, I, I mean, the thing is, I th I think we have to score him fairly well here because mm -hmm, the sticky fingers, the sticky fingers thing. I mean, follows him throughout his life and proves to be his downfall. So I, I, I kind of love that. The fact that he was clearly sort of a an entourage bro uh, to <laughs> Al-Aziz for quite some time. So much so uh, that he named his son after him. Right, right. And and there's probably sort of some good stuff in the sojourn in Egypt. <sighs> It, it's it's interesting. He he doesn't appear to be evil. Uh, no. We're not talking about Chindaswinth here. We're but not. We are, or Ahika, we are, right? We're talking about somebody who is clearly a man of great strengths and a couple of very severe weaknesses. Money and glory. 
but it just leads to such an interesting story that I can't, you know, in particular, you know, the, 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 the encounter with the table uh, yes. is just so great. Yeah. Uh, so I, I will say. Uh, the parading into Damascus, like right, Prince Ali right, in a Right. Yeah, is... no. Immediately followed by the table catastrophe. Yes. Um, I'm going to say seven. I think okay. seven, seven feels, feels right to me. There's, there's nothing you know, there, there, there are no, you know, the, the, there's no sex scandal. Right. Um, and I miss that obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, but everything else is there. So I will, I will say, I will say seven. Yeah. I'm going to go for a six. It's definitely okay. above average. Yes. So, definitely above yeah. average. The, um, and it is, it's significant. And I, I, I sort of appreciate the fact that his, that the real victim of his scandalous behavior is himself. Himself. Um, yeah. That, that's, that there's, that's... there's, there's a lot to be said for the fact that you, you really, he, he let himself down more than he let anyone else down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So that is a 13 for no He's doing very well. Very well. All right. The next category is orthodoxia. How religious hmm. was he? Now, hmm. I don't have any stories of him being personally religious. Right. Um, he seems to have just been a standard believer, right? Yeah, yeah. However, we can't overlook the fact that he hmm. changed the entire religion of the Iberian Peninsula. That is true. We are we are talking just just as we if we penalized Roderick for losing a nation of Christians, I think we have to reward Musa for creating a nation of Muslims. Yes, there's a um, whole extra nation of Muslims now that there wasn't right. before. And exactly. if that's not supporting your orthodoxy, I don't know what is. It 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 does. And and it is worth pointing out that Many of these were not per se forced conversions. Right. Well, uh, we've talked these... about forced conversions. I think right. some of them were probably forced in that people saw the way the wind was blowing. I was going to say, like, okay, I guess. But there's, yeah, but, uh, but put it this way there's a difference between forced and coerced. Yes, I um, agree. So, yeah, I think, I think for that reason, I mean, I'm not inclined to go nuts here, if only because, as you say, there's there's little in the way of personal piety. But uh, you know, we we also have to to, to measure the individual uh, by what they accomplish. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm uh, I'm going to give him a five because I mean, basically, the way I'm thinking of it is maybe my score is sort of. There, you get five points for your private life and five points for your public life. Well, he gets a full five for his public life, but there's nothing there for the private. Yeah, I agree. I think five is a good measure of what he mm-hmm. did for Islam. Right. But I would have liked some more stories about him being generous to the poor yes. or, you know, something like that. Sure, sure. Right. Exactly. So that is a 10 for orthodoxia. All right, our final category is El Resto, where we talk about all the other things that go along with uh, Mm. being the ruler. Now, normally here we have statues and portraits and stuff, and I got to tell you, we're not going to have a lot of that for a bit. We're not going to have any of that. Do you maybe, just in case we have a listener who who doesn't know, do you want to explain why we're not going to have any of that? Yes. Uh, So Islam has a very strong prohibition on images and this Mm -hmm. goes back to images of people 
Right. And this goes back to the idea of religious iconography, right? Right. I mean, this so, is this is the same thing as the, you know, as the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not make for thyself any graven images. Right. So if you think of a Catholic church, you mm-hmm. will immediately think of different statues, altars with images of saints or the Virgin Mary or Jesus on the cross. The crucifix, right. exactly. Yeah, the crucifix, with, you know, basically the cross with Jesus on the cross. And yes. And this is all seen as very... generations of Catholic children being traumatized by looking at a bleeding corpse. Uh, every well, well, this is seen as, as very terrible and heretical by Muslims because well, it's idolatry. I mean, it, it what's is the idolatry. difference when you bow your head to pray in front of an image or mm-hmm. you bow your head to that image? Right. Like, what's right. the difference in your mind? It's not mm-hmm. much. Right. So the idea is no images of people, mm-hmm. right. uh, which of originally started as a religious prohibition and then just to be safe no depictions of people right Right. Uh, so islamic art uh, you'll see is very has the geometrical shapes and the tile Mm -hmm. work and things like that but you're not going to see people right there's not a thriving is yeah i was going to say there's a reason why to this day there's not a thriving islamic film industry Um, Um, Interestingly enough, in my Islamic Civ class in college, I watched a movie about the life of Muhammad, and mm -hmm. Muhammad was not pictured. He was the camera focus. I know that one. Yes, I. I, Yeah, the Prophet or what? I think it was just called the Prophet, or maybe the Message. Yes, I. I know that one. Yeah, and and they. It's a good movie. I was going to say it is, and it and it is one of those things where the filmmakers were like, "All right." How do we do this? How do we make how do we make a movie about literally the holiest person mm-hmm. in our religion without right. committing idolatry by showing his face? Right. Right. Sometimes you'll see his hands like stretch oh. out from the okay. uh, camera, but but that right. is it. Right. Now, one thing we do have is a coin. Okay. We do have yeah. a coin from this right. uh, time mm-hmm. period. So this was minted in Spain during uh, Musa's rule. Mm-hmm. You can see the one, it, it's very interesting. The one side has the, the sun on it. Yes, yes. And around that is Latin. That is, right. those, those are Western say. letters. Yes, right. On the back, it has mm-hmm. the same thing, but yeah. in Arabic. Arabic. Yes. Wow. That's, so this is again, it's very I, rare, a bilingual I'm, coin. Yeah, it's a bilingual coin. Uh, I, again, we, we, we must give uh, the, the invaders credit their uh, coin-making skills mm-hmm. are so superior uh, to that of the Goths. Um, I really like the sun. Yeah, no, this is a, yeah. It's a, it's a good coin. Uh, I'm deeply impressed by the quality of the Arabic uh, oh, yes. lettering. Um, if you because, if you are familiar with Arabic script, it's very swoopy. So you think yes, it would be hard I was say, to... It's, it's cursive-like. Uh, yes. uh, uh, and that is, I mean, that's really impressive. Yeah. Um, no, I, 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 I like the coin a lot. Now uh, I do have I to d- tell you, there's not yeah. a lot of surviving coins that were specifically oh. minted in Spain. Like this one was specifically mm. minted in Spain. However, right. for upcoming governors, I will share the coins that were in use in the caliphate that okay. were minted elsewhere and, and were the common currency of the time. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. But I wanted to share this one first, just to let mm. you know, this is the kind of coin that was minted in Spain. Right. Big upgrade nice. from uh, huge, from, huge upgrade. from the Goths. 
Yes, you don't have to be embarrassed to spend that one. No. <laughs> Apart from that, Musa is governor of Spain from 712 to late 7 or early 715, so about two and a half years. Right. He had three kids and two of them became governors and one of them oh. became a governor of Spain. So that's okay. a very successful that's right. lineage. Right. Um, he died of natural causes, but he did die on a forced pilgrimage. So that's right. kind of interesting. I was going to say, again, that's, that's, a, that's a moment for quotation marks. Um, yes. And, uh, and it, was a, it was a pilgrimage where he was being treated like dirt. Yeah, it wasn't um, his so, pilgrimage. It was yeah, the Kayla's no. pilgrimage and he had right. to come along. Exactly. Probably being he he was the one who didn't get to ride in the in the uh in the carriage. Right. Um so okay, yeah. So, mm-hmm. so what do we want to give him for El Rey still? It's what yeah, there's not much there. <sighs> I, I I suppose my next my my one question is, was he actually, I mean, governor was that a title that he actually possessed that is to say okay of spain of spain okay well now the governor of spain is subordinate to the governor of ifriquilla at this point right right we talked about that there's sort of that federalist line uh the federalist conga line um that i mentioned last time um okay well here here's the thing didn't build anything but no uh, but he is the first governor. Mm-hmm. Uh, he sets that precedent. Yes. Um, he he takes the country um, ju- just as going all the way back to Leovigild. Um, if we're looking at legacy, uh, Leovigild's I think greatest legacy is king of a united Spain. You know, and the Leovigild idea, did a bunch of other stuff too. And like he was the first one to did, sit on the throne. Right. And exactly. There's there's a lot of firsts going on here. So if we look at Musa as 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 an innovator, if you will, as a precedent mm-hmm. setter, there's a lot going on. In, in particular, it's it's pretty clear that he is responsible uh, for moving the seat of power to uh, Cordoba. Yeah, away from um, Toledo. So so that's I mean that's that's a big deal. Um, you know, I'll, I guess what I would say is I'm, I'm inclined to give him a decent score. I'm thinking about a five, mm-hmm. um, simply because by virtue of his precedence, everybody else is going to be following in his footsteps. Yes. Um, so there's, there's just, he, he can't help but leave a substantial legacy. And uh, again, his children were also very successful, say, and, which and is not two, and, something we saw with the Visigoths. Right, right. I mean, if we're thinking about, you know, the, the son of an ex-slave leaves behind two governors. Governors, yeah. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's definitely a sense that this guy was a, a builder yeah. uh, of, 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 of dynasty. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say five. I'll agree um, with you. I'm going to give yeah. him a five as well. Mm-hmm. So that's a 10 for El Resto. And yes. that means his final score is 50. Wow. He is now our highest scorer. Right. Yes. Um, well, you know, a, a life of unbroken success right up until the very end is a, is a pretty good way to, to live. So um, that leads us to our final question. Fuero or fuera? Do we let him sign the charter? Or do we tell him to get out? Oh, wow. This it's not tough. even a question for me. I'm okay. going to give him fuero. 
I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to give him Fuero too, but he, here's the thing. I almost want to let him sign the charter and then tell him to get out because that's kind <laughs> of what happened. Um, that's true. But if, but if we, but, but there's no question, I think you're right. Regardless of what happens to him afterwards, we must let him sign the charter. I think Absolutely. we do. He is, he is decidedly a, a Fuero, but he might be a Fuero with an asterisk in terms of, okay, you can sign, but you can't stick around for the party afterwards. Which he did not. Right. He went back to Damascus. Right, exactly. All right, so Musa has the fuero. Congratulations yes. to him. Let us right. know what I mean, you think. Given, given the disaster uh, of, of his final days, it is, it is I, I want to, basically what I want to give him credit for is, he should score a lot. Anybody else would score a lot lower given the disaster of his final days, but he did so much up yeah. until it that even that horrifying setback does not diminish his well, genuine glory. This is this was really impressive. Um, yeah. And bodes, it bodes very well for the upcoming uh, governors, I will yes. say. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so. Well, tell us what you think. We have a Facebook group and a Twitter page. Both of those are Spanish Arpada, which is the same as our Gmail address. Uh, we have a website now, SpanishArpada.com, where you can yes. see the pictures we talk about, rate the um, uh, the rulers as to whether they get fuera or fuera, and mm -hmm. we just we just love having this yes. kind of interaction. Yes, indeed. All right, so this is our recommendations time, and today we have mm -hmm. another co-recommendation. It is we the do. history of Georgia. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Peter, I saw you chat with Roberto on yes. uh, on Twitter about the uh, wine episode. Yes, yes. yes. So remember, our unofficial motto here at Spanish Arpada is "chug, chug, chug." So, it is. Yes. <laughs> so yes. So the history of Georgia. This is not the history of the state in the United right. States. This is the history say. of the country of Georgia. Yes. And I actually came across this podcast uh, mm -hmm. when I first started tweeting for the Spanish Arpada. Uh, mm -hmm. Roberto, who runs the history of Georgia, uh, tweeted at me and said, hello from the other Iberia. <laughs> and I said, what What does well, that mean? So I looked it up. There is a region in yes, Georgia called yes, Iberia. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. So I thought I need to know more about this. So yes. I tuned into this website and it is really uh, tuned into this podcast and it's really quite great. Mm -hmm. um, he's got, done two seasons so far. The first is uh, Origins, which include mm -hmm. a lot of myths, which is kind of nice. Right. And then the second season, uh, starting with episode 16, is about the Christianization of mm -hmm. Georgia and how it became a Christian nation, similar to Armenia. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's just really quite nice. It's an area of the world that, again, I know nothing about. Right. Nothing at all. I, and, I know only, I mean, uh, initially, I know only that uh, their unofficial motto is, yes, Stalin came from here. Stop mentioning that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, it's it's a really great podcast to learn about something that not a lot of people you know know about mm -hmm. and hopefully coming up we will hear you on this podcast peter getting yes. really really drunk yep that's gonna happen that is totally gonna happen so that is our recommendation you can check them out on twitter it's at history underscore georgia and that will lead you to the website and the episodes and all of that great stuff yes. so that yes. is our recommendation for this week 
All right, so next time we are going to come back, we're going to roll back to right after the conquest of Merida, and we are mm -hmm. going to see what the son of Musa, Abdelaziz ibn Musa, did after he was left in charge there, because mm -hmm. he's our next governor. So this is going to be sort of a risky business, uh, you know, dancing to old time rock and roll or something. Uh, we, we, right. we will certainly find All out. right, good. All right, so see you next time. See you next time.